The ACBE Forum, Volume 56, June 2018, Number 12. Published by the American Council of the Blind. Read by Thomasine Berg in the recording studio of the Perkins Library. Be a part of ACB. The American Council of the Blind, trademark, is a membership organization made up of more than 70 state and special interest affiliates. To join, contact the National Office at 1-800-424-8666. Contribute to our work. Those much-needed contributions, which are tax-deductible, can be sent to Attention Treasurer. ACB 6300 Shingle Creek Parkway, Suite 195, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, 55430. If you wish to remember a relative or friend, the National Office has printed cards available for this purpose. Consider including a gift to ACB in your last will and testament. If your wishes are complex, call the National Office. To make a contribution to ACB by the Combined Federal Campaign, use this number, 11155. Check in with ACB. For the latest in legislative and governmental news, call the Washington Connection, 24-7 at 1-800-424-8666, or read it online. Listen to ACB reports by downloading the MP3 file from www.acb.org or call 605-475-8154 and choose option 3. Tune in to ACB Radio at www.acbradio.org or by calling 712-775-4808. Learn more about us at www.acb.org. Follow us on Twitter at at sign A-C-B-N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L or like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-C-O-U-N-C-I-L-O-F-T-H-E-B-L-I-N-D-O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L. Copyright 2018, American Council of the Blind. Eric Bridges, Executive Director. Sharon Lovering, Editor. 1703 North Beauregard Street, Suite 420, Alexandria, Virginia, 22311. Table of Contents In Memoriam, Sue Amateur by Denise Colley Readers' Memories of Sue Amateur Breaking Barriers for Those Who Are Blind and Visually Impaired by Tony Stevens Extras, Extras, Read All About Them Plenty of Fun Things to Try in St. Louis by Janet Dickelman Mega Deals at the Mini Mall by Carla Rushevel. Fake News by Larry Johnson Affiliate News A Gift to You from PCB's Accessidocs Project by Tony Swartz Synopsis of Prescription Reader Campaign in Nevada by Rick Colmey Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski
Passings. Are you moving? Do you want to change your subscription? Contact Sharon Lovering in the ACB National Office, 1-800-424-8666, or via email, slovering at acb.org. Give her the information and she'll make the changes for you. Keep up with the most important ACB news and announcements without any other chatter. Subscribe to the ACB Announce listserv. Send a blank email to announce-subscribe at acblists.org or visit www.acblists.org slash m-a-i-l-m-a-n slash l-i-s-t-i-n-f-o slash a-n-n-o-u-n-c-e and type your email address and name where indicated. ACB Radio Mainstream has blindness-related news you can use at www.acbradio.org slash m-a-i-n-s-t-r-e-a-m Blind Show hosts offer a plethora of musical genres at www.acbradio.org slash i-n-t-e-r-a-c-t-i-v-e In Memoriam Sue Amateur by Denise Colley. The Washington Council of the Blind and ACB have lost a vital, active member and very dear friend. Sue Amateur passed away in the early hours of April 7 due to complications from prior medical issues. She was born in November 1948 in Bremerton, Washington. She attended the University of Washington and met and married her husband, John, in Seattle. He was her companion at many events, her driver, personal champion, and the wind beneath Sue's feet. Sue and John enjoyed many activities in life, including motorcycling, flying in John's airplane, and much more. While Sue and John had no children, being dog lovers, they were the proud parents of many dogs during their 46 years together. They retired in Port Hadlock, Washington, near John's family. For 50-plus years, Sue Daly demonstrated her steadfast commitment to raising the standard of life for blind people everywhere. She first became involved in the blindness movement when she attended a meeting of the newly formed Youth Group for the Washington State Association of the Blind, WSAB. The very next year, she was elected first vice president. WSAB was later to become the National Federation of the Blind of Washington, where she served as president. 1990 saw the merger of what was then the United Blind of Washington State with the Washington Council of the Blind, and Sue served as the first president of the newly merged Washington Council of the Blind. Sue was the go-to girl when it came to advocacy issues in Washington State. Her knowledge of the ADA and other disability rights laws was invaluable to blind Washingtonians. On the national level, Sue served as a director on the ACB board. 
She was active on ACB's Advocacy Services Committee and Rehabilitation Issues Task Force, and most recently served as chair of the Health Issues Task Force. For more than 40 years, Sue led successful efforts to advance the rights and improve access and opportunities for people with disabilities in Washington State and nationally. In 1975, she was the first person with a disability to work for the Washington State Human Rights Commission, the only non-lawyer on that agency's hearing tribunal. For three years, she was the Washington State Director for the National Advocacy Campaign that eventually won the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act and was later honored for that work with a Medal of Freedom certificate from Justin Dart, Jr., often called the father of the ADA. She served as the chair of the Washington State Governor's Committee on Disability Issues and Employment and was one of the founders of the Washington Coalition of Citizens with Disabilities, which is now a network of centers for independent living. While working at the Washington Human Rights Commission, she was instrumental in drafting the rules establishing the right of people with disabilities to be free from discrimination in places of public accommodation. She served on and chaired both the State Rehabilitation Council for the Washington State Department of Services for the Blind, as well as the Patron Advisory Council of the Washington Talking Book and Braille Library. She was also actively serving on the board of National Braille Press. Sue was diagnosed with breast cancer in 2007 and looked extensively for information on treatment options. Yet she could not get a single page of Braille from the American Cancer Society, even though the organization offered information in many languages. Working with ACB and through structured negotiation, Sue and other blind people impacted by cancer, the American Cancer Society committed to making its website more accessible and offering print information in Braille, large print, and audio formats. Sue Amateur was one of the true leaders of our movement, and we will be the poorer for her passing. Caption Sue Amateur, seated at the Washington table during the 2004 banquet, wearing a white lace top and a pearl necklace, smiles and laughs as the awards committee chairman describes the next award recipient. Readers' Memories of Sue Amateur So long, Seattle Sue. I have known and admired Sue for decades. I first knew of her through the late Alan Jenkins, my longtime friend and mentor who was director for decades of the Orientation Center for the Blind in Albany, California. In the late 1970s, he christened Sue, Seattle Sue, for obvious reasons to all you Triple Crown fans out there who may remember the famous Seattle Slough. Those of you who know Sue know she had a mouth on her which could make, as they say, the proverbial sailor blush, right in there with Alan and friends like me. The jokes that woman knew. I remember once at an ACB convention when the blind lawyers were still ABLA, American Blind Lawyers Association. Sue introduced its president, Steve Spiker, as President of the Blind Liars, a total slip of the tongue or was it, which had all of us, including Sue, in stitches. While I served on the Board of Publications, Sue attended most meetings with sharp, focused input. In recent years at ACB convention, Sue, always the librarian to the end, hosted an event in support of her beloved National Braille Press, 
She was in a wheelchair by then, but still spirited, game, undaunted. We sat in the corner like teenagers giggling, sharing secrets, commenting on everything, and somewhat cattily gossiping about everyone. What an advocate, what a role model, what a friend. Rest in peace, Seattle Sue. Judy Wilkinson I have known Sue Amateur since I was five years old. We grew up together and shared rides to and from school each day on one of those small buses that drove blind kids to the only resource room in Seattle. We drifted apart somewhat after Sue went to junior high, high school, and college. We took somewhat different paths in our work with organizations of the blind, Sue being very active and a real star within NFB and I being active in ACB. However, our friendship always prevailed over politics. When I was president of the WCB, Sue always came to our conventions to provide moral support and camaraderie. I can't tell you how much that meant to me at the time. From the 90s on, Sue and I served together on the ACB Board of Directors and worked together on many committees, most recently and notably the Health Issues Task Force. Sue's unwavering commitment in the past 10 to 12 years to supporting breast cancer survivors and promoting the interests of accessibility to health matters is notable and one of her great contributions to the blind community. We shared a love for legislation and working on Capitol Hill and with our state legislatures. Sue was no stranger to organizing buses to go to the state capitol and spent countless hours each legislative session monitoring and working on key bills in the Washington State Legislature. I know that her work in this area will be sorely missed by WCB. The last time Sue and I talked together was about something to which she was also deeply committed, National Braille Press. MCB was about to host a seminar, Because Braille Matters, and she and I were talking about how the presentation would go, etc., Sue's lifelong commitment to Braille, even after she could no longer read it due to neuropathy, made her work with NBP and Natural. Their publications on breast and prostate cancer and on women's and men's health are directly due to her advocacy and are a legacy to her tireless work to help all of us who are blind. Please keep John in your thoughts and prayers over the coming weeks. Sue and John were married 46 years. That's a long time these days. Sue will be greatly missed by many people, spanning many activities and commitments. I am still in shock that she is no longer with us. We will just have to remember the spirit, since the body is now at peace. I will treasure that spirit and do my best to live up to its ideals. Chris Gray Donna and I just got back yesterday from a weekend vacation when I read about Sue's passing. Like everyone else here, I am in shock. Sue and I met back in our NFB days, probably in 73 or 74, and hit it off because we worked hard and played even harder in those days. Nothing and no one intimidated Sue Amateur, as demonstrated by her lone vote in opposition to kicking the California affiliate out of the organization in 1978. That ultimately led to Washington's ouster. Sue and I both worked in the ADA arena for many years, and we had several conversations discussing issues that had come up in our respective government entities. 
Our last conversation was probably a month ago, and she sounded alert and feisty as ever. Sue Amateur was one of the true leaders of our movement, and we will be the poorer for her passing. Mitch Pomerantz I am writing to add my condolences and thoughts about Sue Amateur. We were not close, but I knew and respected her based on her work on the board and based on what I heard from folks within WCB. More recently, Sue asked my wife, Lisa, to serve as a member of an advisory board for National Braille Press, an appointment that meant a lot to Lisa because of the personal honor it conveyed. Once I joined the BOP, I came to expect and appreciate Sue's participation in almost every meeting. She was not a member, but she always had a good word, and as recently as our March meeting, she took a minute to acknowledge and thank us for the transition to digital cartridge. We just had our April meeting last week, and I noticed that Sue was not there. I wondered, and now I know, that we will not be hearing her voice and constructive suggestions on any more BOP calls. While this is true, I know we will benefit from the common sense she always brought to every discussion and the humble way she inserted herself into all sorts of issues, never wanting the limelight but wanting just enough attention to make her point, which was always a good and simple suggestion that would solve a simple and immediate issue. Sue, I am grateful for the small part of you I came to know, and I will always appreciate your gifts of time, talent, and quiet service. Ron Brooks I am shocked and deeply saddened by this news. Sue has been a diligent member of the Rehabilitation Issues Task Force for quite a while, and I always appreciated her no-nonsense, knowledgeable contributions to our work. I always felt that if she gave a positive response to something I or we had done, it meant that it was something to be proud of. Sue's passing will leave a hole in my life, and her gifts of time and effort to the Rehab Issues Task Force will be impossible to replace. Doug Powell Breaking Barriers for Those Who Are Blind and Visually Impaired by Tony Stevens To read this article online, visit tinyurl dot com slash y seven a d r m seven d. There's something about the telephone that I've always found magical. It may be partially genetic. I'm more of an audible person, having been born blind. But I'd equally credit my father, who was an engineer for Western Electric. When I was a child, he'd take me to the massive toll-switching station north of Atlanta. There I'd sit and listen to the thousands of relays clicking and clacking to bring together people from across the globe. I think that's why, in this age of instant message gratification, there's something special about picking up a good old-fashioned telephone receiver to make a human connection. Of course, today's office telephones are everything but old-fashioned. Behind the scenes, engineers work around the clock to assure systems remain reliable and integrate productivity into today's advanced digital networks. This requires a certain craft for innovation, and it's something that Cisco has demonstrated over the past 30 years. Cisco's track record of innovation took an extra step forward with the announcement of accessibility updates to its Cisco IP Phone 8800 series. 
These updates enable workers who are blind and visually impaired to independently operate their phones for the first time. Breaking Barriers Technology has become the primary barrier breaker for Americans who are blind and visually impaired. Software and hardware advancements capable of supplementing the human senses have opened up new and exciting opportunities to hundreds of thousands of Americans who are blind. Despite this, the U.S. Census Bureau reports that just over one-third of Americans who are blind are engaged in the workforce. This begs the question, what barriers still exist that make achieving the American dream so difficult for people who are blind? I've spoken with working professionals across the country and across career paths to find out. One common theme is misconceptions of what a person with visual impairment is capable of doing. This remains a dominant barrier to full and equal inclusion in the workplace. Employees who are blind continually face pressure to go the extra mile just to prove the most basic on-the-job competencies. Enter Cisco and the latest update to the 8800 series phones. Prior to this latest software update, individuals who were blind and visually impaired faced significant challenges toward independently operating one of the most important tools of the workplace environment, the telephone. Simplifying Business I've talked with some of the smartest PhDs and lawyers in the country and with marketing directors and human capital managers. All have shared anxiety when telling the person on the other end of the phone to please hold as they yell out for sighted assistance just to forward a call to a coworker. It's one of those classic examples of how we take the simplest things for granted. Should I take the call or let it go to voicemail when I'm faced with a tight deadline? Cisco has removed many of these key work-related anxieties by integrating text-to-speech across the 8800 series. The update will allow any individual needing such assistive technology to easily activate it at any workstation. This is particularly helpful in today's workplace, as an increasing number of employees rely on shared workspaces. Companies will also no longer need costly third-party solutions that often require connectivity to computers and other peripherals to provide still cumbersome adaptations. The American Council of the Blind is excited that Cisco has taken the lead to assure that critical business telecommunications solutions remain accessible. Our work together will continue to expand accessible solutions, which will help eliminate misconceptions of the capabilities of people who are blind and visually impaired. Now all that is left to be conquered is that new Wi-Fi-enabled smart espresso maker in the work lounge. Extras, extras, read all about them by Janet Dickelman. As you read this, convention pre-registration will be up and running. Most information regarding affiliate and committee programming and all ACB tours will be listed on the registration form. You can register online at www.acbconvention.org, www.acbconvention.org. You can also register by telephone one eight zero zero. 
1-800-242-3242. For additional registration information, review my article in the May issue. Convention dates are June 29th through July 6th. Join ACB at Union Station Hotel in St. Louis. Below is an overview of some extras the convention has to offer. Calling all kids. If you plan to bring a child age 5 to 13 to this year's convention, we have some really great trips planned. Kids Club will be open Saturday evening from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Sunday through Thursday it will be open from 7 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Thursday evening during the banquet. Each day includes breakfast, lunch, crafts, swimming, and a daily field trip. For additional information, check the convention registration form. Technology Sessions Microsoft Comes to St. Louis A huge thank you to Microsoft, a corporate sponsor at the Double Diamond level. Microsoft will present four sessions for convention attendees. Microsoft, Narrator, Ease of Access, Office Hours, and more. Microsoft's first session will be held Saturday, June 30th, from 2 to 3.15 p.m. In this session, Microsoft staffers will demonstrate how to use Narrator and other Microsoft Ease of Access features to collaborate with friends and colleagues in Office apps like Forms and OneNote. Bring your questions about accessibility. Microsoft will also hold its accessibility office hours from 3.30 to 4.45 p.m. Saturday. On Sunday, July 1, from 4.15 to 5.30 p.m., they will host a session titled Accessibility in Windows, and on Monday from 4.15 to 7 p.m., you can attend Microsoft Soundscape Training. J.P. Morgan Chase, Testing the Mobile Banking App J.P. Morgan Chase, an Emerald sponsor, is holding sessions on Monday the 2nd and Tuesday the 3rd. Members of their digital team will show you how we make digital products accessible and usable by all. They would like your input on their mobile banking app. If you use the iPhone voiceover feature, they need you. In these one-to-one user testing sessions, they will ask you to complete common banking tasks on the Chase app using test devices to get your feedback. Sessions are expected to last approximately one hour. If you are interested in participating, contact Mark Kwok at M-A-R-C dot K-W-O-K at C-H-A-S-E dot com. Humanware. Braille Note Touch. Brilliant. Victor Reader Trek and Stream. Humanware, a Ruby sponsor, will hold two sessions in St. Louis. Sunday, July 1, 5.45 to 7 p.m. Humanware Braille Note Touch. Brilliant. B.I. 14. The Braille Note Touch is the first and only Google-certified Braille tablet which blends powerful and intuitive apps for managing, accessing, and creating information from Keysoft with millions of apps that can be downloaded from the Google Play Store. Join us as we review new features such as full QWERTY support, the ability to directly emboss graphics, as well as the implementation of one-handed operation, in addition to many new and exciting features. We will also have the opportunity to discuss the much-anticipated Brilliant BI-14, which is now shipping. 
There will be time for questions and feedback. Monday, July 2, 5.45 to 7 p.m. What is new with Victor? A Trek Stream Discussion. Success of the Victor Reader Trek and Stream marches on into 2018. Join the HumanWare team at the annual Stream User Forum. Share stories and tips on downloading and playing back books and periodicals from favorite websites. Learn what is new with both the Stream and Trek. There will be time set aside for live demonstrations of new exciting features, as well as for your questions. VFO, JAWS, and Zoom Text On Saturday, June 30, from 9 to 11 a.m., VFO, a Ruby sponsor, will hold a users group meeting for JAWS and Zoom Text customers from the past, present, and future. Join Eric Damery and Scott Moore for this two-hour session to discuss all the special home-use pricing opportunities for ACB members. There will be demonstrations of significant feature changes and interesting options in JAWS and Zoom text to improve your day-to-day access on the Internet, email, and applications from Office 365 and Google Docs. Hymns: The Future of Braille Displays also on Saturday, HIMS will hold a session from 10 to 11 a.m. titled, Finally, Something New in a Braille Display. Join HIMS for a comprehensive review of Braille technology. What is the future of Braille displays and the Braille display of the future? APH, Orbit Reader 20, Graffiti, Matt Connect. The American Printing House for the Blind, APH, will hold a session on Saturday, June 30th at 11 a.m. that will highlight a number of their most popular products, including the latest on the Orbit Reader 20, the first truly affordable Braille display. Staffers will demonstrate some of the coolest features of the graffiti, our multi-line graphing Braille display, and our talking graphing calculator, the Orion TI-84. You'll also get to see the Matt Connect, developed through our partnership with HumanWare and APH's handheld video magnifier, the Video Mag HD, developed with our partners at VFO. There will be plenty of opportunities for questions and answers. Second Sight Developments in Artificial Vision. Join Second Sight on Saturday, June 30th from 9 to 11 a.m. to learn about the latest developments in artificial vision and get the chance to speak to company representatives and users of the technology. Find out how the Argus II retinal prosthesis system has helped hundreds of blind people. Second Sight will also be available in the exhibit hall to answer questions. Accessible Prescription Labels on Monday, July 2nd, from 4.15 to 5.30 p.m., join Envision America's Amanda Tolson for a session called Accessible Prescription Labels, Past, Present, and Future. She will discuss the history of accessible prescription labels and where it is headed. Joining her will be Jamie Ravel from Express Scripts Pharmacy to discuss the importance of pharmacies offering accessible prescription labels. Want more accessible prescription information? Stick around for the 5.45 to 6.15 p.m. session titled Express Scripts on a Journey to Inclusivity. 
Jamie Ravel will describe how a focus on the belief that good accessibility is better usability for all is shaping Express Script's journey to improved inclusivity. Still craving more information? Check out the 6.45 to 7.30 p.m. session, Talking Barcodes, Why an App Just Doesn't Cut It. Envision America's Amanda Tolson will explore why phone apps are not always the answer to quality information from barcodes. Learn how data is important and the barcode is just a means to the information. On Tuesday, July 3rd, there will be several sessions on accessible prescription laws and advocacy. The first session is from 4.15 to 5.15 p.m., and it features Nevada President Rick Colmey, who has issued a challenge to all state and special interest affiliate presidents to get laws passed in your states regarding accessible prescriptions. He will talk about what was involved in making accessible prescriptions the law in Nevada. Come away from the National Convention with a plan and even get a jump start on writing your state's resolution. Interested in advocating for accessible prescriptions? The second session from 5.30 to 6 p.m. is for you. Are you passionate about helping yourself or other people? Have you always wanted to demo accessible prescription labels? Join Envision America's Sharla Glass to get set up as a Script Talk ambassador. Apply for a demonstration kit and take your advocacy efforts to the next level. Do you use Script Talk? Script View or Braille prescription labels. Would you be willing to share your experiences with accessible prescription labels in a new Envision America video? Schedule a 10-minute videotaped interview session with us. You must sign a release waiver. You will receive a $10 Visa gift card. Call June Robbins at 941-348-5925 or email her at J-R-O-B-B-I-N-S at E-N-V-I-S-I-O-N-A-M-E-R-I-C-A dot com. Space is limited. Interviews will be scheduled on Monday and Tuesday between 9 a.m. and 3.30 p.m. Bookshare's Office Hours on Tuesday, July 3rd, Bookshare will hold its office hours from 5.45 to 7 p.m. for Bookshare members. Stop by to say hello, meet other members, enjoy light refreshments, hear about the latest Bookshare updates, and get answers to your Bookshare-related questions. Google Sessions Google, a Double Diamond sponsor, plans to hold two sessions during the convention. At press time, the session topics, times, and dates were not yet available. Watch the convention email list for updated information on these and other sessions. Staying in touch. The convention announce list will be filled with information on tech sessions and more. To subscribe to the list, send a blank email to acbconvention S-U-B-S-C-R-I-B-E at A-C-B-L-I-S-T-S dot O-R-G. If you received updates for the 2017 convention, you do not need to resubscribe. Hotel details. Room rates at Union Station are $89. This rate applies for up to two people in a king room and up to four guests in a room with two queen beds. 
Room tax is currently 18.435%. Make telephone reservations by calling 314-231-1234 and be sure to mention you are with the American Council of the Blind to get the convention room rate. To make reservations online, visit www.acb.org and follow the 2018 convention link. Convention Contacts 2018 Exhibit Information Michael Smitherman 601-331-7740 AMDUO at B-E-L-L-S-O-U-T-H dot N-E-T 2018 Advertising and Sponsorships Marjorie Beeman 512-921-1625 OLEO50 at H-O-T-M-A-I-L dot com For any other convention-related questions, contact Janet Dickelman, Convention Chair, at 651-428-5059 or via email J-A-N-E-T dot D-I-C-K-E-L-M-A-N at G-M-A-I-L dot com Mega Deals at the Mini Mall by Carla Rushevel. The 2018 Mini Mall is bigger and better than ever. ACB shirts and jackets, coasters and tumblers and totes. Look for lots of exciting and useful items making an appearance at the Mini Mall in the exhibit hall at the 2018 ACB Gateway to Success National Conference and Convention in St. Louis, Missouri. Order the official convention t-shirt or 2018 ACB convention pin when you pre-register and pick them up at the mini mall. Make your suitcase, garment bag, or backpack easy to spot when you add a bright, durable ACB sandal luggage tag in your choice of light or dark blue, yellow, green, orange, red, pink, or white. ACB logo on one side, lines for writing contact info on the other. If catastrophe strikes and you lose your cane on the plane, drop it down a grate or watch helplessly as someone runs over it in the lobby and reshapes it into a piece of spaghetti, don't despair. The mini mall has aluminum and graphite canes in lengths from 46 to 60 inches. Roller and teardrop tips sold separately. Check out our fantastic lineup of handy techie items. ACB power banks keep your mobile devices charged all day. Flash drives and SD cards let you keep your music, books, and documents with you at all times. Did you leave your cable or wall charger at home? The Mini Mall has you covered with a variety of new options. Get everything organized with our ACB computer bags, SD card holders, and pouches perfect for corralling those pesky flash drives. As of this writing, the Mini Mall Committee is still hard at work adding items for 2018. Braille, large print, audio, CD, and electronic price lists with convention discounts will be available at the Mini Mall and at the Convention Information Desk. Price lists will also be widely distributed on ACB email lists. Watch the convention newspaper for daily specials and announcements. Not coming to convention? Not a problem. Special convention pricing and free shipping on orders of $35 or more will be available through July 15. 
Orders must be placed by phone by calling 877-630-7190 and must be paid by credit card. Convention pricing and free shipping apply to in-stock items only. For more information, join the Mini Mall email list by sending a blank message to mall-subscribe at acblists dot org. You may also contact Carla Rushevel at the Mini Mall by phone at eight seven seven six three zero seven one nine zero or by email at acbstore at acb dot org. Thanks to all the members of the Mini Mall Committee: Carrie Bishop, Washington. Patty Cox, Kentucky; George Holiday, Pennsylvania; Cindy Lebon, Maryland; D.J. McIntyre, Georgia; Deanna Noriega, Missouri; Fran Sign, Pennsylvania; Vicky Vote, Massachusetts; and Linda Yax, Arkansas. Fake news by Larry Johnson. It's more than thirty years ago when Senator Daniel Patrick Moynihan said. Everyone is entitled to his own opinion, but not his own facts. Less than half of Americans read the newspaper, while more than two thirds subscribe to Facebook. Social media like Twitter and Facebook, message boards, and other forms of internet chatter are far from credible sources of information. Yet they are increasingly what more and more Americans rely on for forming their personal opinions and making decisions. As we scramble to assign blame for the proliferation of fake news—the Russians, the Chinese, or some group of desperately biased partisan politicians—let us pause and ask ourselves the question: Why do we so readily believe them? Why don't we check out the facts? Do we even know where to find the facts? Let's begin with what fake news is. It's not just someone's strong personal opinion. It is false information implied or deliberately created to mislead, confuse, or contradict the truth. Why are we so susceptible to fake news? First of all, we have become accustomed to, even dependent on, instant news. We want information quickly, concisely. We don't have time to research it, so we turn to social media and the internet. What do you want to know? Google it. In an article titled "The Science of Fake News," published in the March nine, twenty eighteen scholarly newsletter Science, Northeastern University professor David M. J. Laser and his associates write: "Fake news is not news you disagree with. In fact, it is not news at all. Fake news is fabricated information that mimics news media content in form, but not in organizational process or intent." Fake news outlets, in turn, lack the news media's editorial norms and processes for ensuring the accuracy and credibility of information. Fake news overlaps with other information disorders, such as misinformation, false or misleading information, and disinformation, false information that is purposely spread to deceive people. So, what can we do about fake news? The first step is to learn to recognize fake news sources. Be curious and actively investigate any suspicious news story. Rely on news sources that are accountable for their content and that follow journalistic ethics and standards. 
Don't rush to share news stories with others on social media which you have not verified. Pause and reflect on any news stories that arouse strong emotions, positive or negative. Be aware of your own biases and compensate for them. The greatest offenders in the dissemination of fake news, according to author David Maschiotra, are not the Russians or social media company executives, but the American education system and parents content with raising children who know little about their country, much less about the rest of the world. Only 26% of Americans can name all three branches of government. Only nine states require civics as a part of their high school curriculum. And only seven of the nation's top 25 liberal arts colleges require their history majors to take a course in U.S. history. Many Americans are misinforming themselves about critically important national issues by relying on unreliable or deliberately inaccurate information sources. We want someone smarter than us to tell us what to think, what to say, who to vote for. We are incredibly naive, easily swayed by strong-looking, self-assured, plain-speaking media moguls and politicians. No matter how often or how loudly an untruth is spoken or written, it is still an untruth, and labeling the truth as fake news does not make it so. Affiliate News Enjoy Braille Games with Ralph at Home The Braille Revival League is selling a booklet consisting of nine games in Braille. As a tribute to baseball, each game is listed as an inning. All of us know that a normal baseball game has nine innings. Each game has nine clues and a corresponding answer sheet. There are nine separate games, no duplicates. In one game, see what you know about authors. In another, find what is common. There is also a numbers game. Are you knowledgeable about coffee? Well, find out in the coffee game. There is a notification page in this booklet with instructions for each inning. Each booklet costs $10, with all proceeds directed to the Braille Revival League. We hope you will enjoy the games and have fun. If you want to pay with a credit card, contact BRL Treasurer Jane Corona at 301-598-2131. To pay with PayPal, send to T-R-E-A-S-U-R-E-R at B-R-A-I-L-L-E-R-E-V-I-V-A-L-L-E-A-G-U-E dot O-R-G. If you want to pay by check, make payable to BRL and send to Jane Corona, J-A-N-E-C-A-R-O-N-A, 3511 Forest Edge Drive, Apartment 1G, Silver Spring, Maryland, 20906-1518. In the memo section, write Games Booklet. Bay State Council Honors Commissioner Paul Saner Boston At its 2018 convention, the Bay State Council of the Blind recognized the exemplary leadership of Massachusetts Commission for the Blind Commissioner Paul Saner of Brookline, Massachusetts. Saner is a longtime community leader and advocate for the blind. He is an outspoken advocate and leader within the blindness community, tackling big issues with conviction and determination for many years. 
He was appointed as Commissioner of the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind, MCB, in August 2013. Saner is former Managing Director of Bank Boston, now Bank of America, and previously worked as a real estate executive. During the 1990s, Saner was president of the Foundation Fighting Blindness, FFB's, Massachusetts affiliate and served on the executive committee of FFB's National Board. He was the 1998 recipient of the Carroll Society's Blind Employee of the Year Award. After retiring on disability from Bank Boston, he received specialized vision rehabilitation training sponsored by MCB from the Carroll Center for the Blind. Before being recruited as commissioner, Saner had been involved for many years with numerous community and blindness-related nonprofits. He holds a Master of Business Administration in Finance from the University of Rochester and a Bachelor of Arts from Trinity College. He has been married to Sandra for 35 years and is the proud father of two daughters, Caitlin, a lawyer, and Jennifer, an occupational therapist. Lawton Chapter to Host 2018 Oklahoma Convention The Oklahoma Council of the Blind has chartered two new chapters in southwest Oklahoma. This opens more opportunities for places to hold conventions across the state. This year's OCB's state convention will be held in Lawton for the first time. The 2018 convention, scheduled for September 21-23, to 23, will be at the Hilton Garden Inn Hotel and Convention Center, 135 Southwest 2nd Street, Lawton, Oklahoma, 73501. Room rates are $89 plus tax for up to four people in a room. The deadline for hotel reservations is September 1. Any reservations made after that date may not be at the convention rate, or sleeping rooms may not be available. Call 580-280-2100 to make your reservations. The registration form will be available on the OCB website, www.okcb.org. For more information, call K. Love Convention Chair at 580-536-1650 or email klove447 at att.net. A gift to you from PCB's Accessidocs Project by Tony Swartz. Who among us doesn't like to receive a unique accessible gift? Be sure to read the entirety of this article to learn more regarding a gift to you from the Accessidocs Project, the Pennsylvania Council of the Blind's fee-based service that converts printed materials into accessible audio documents. First, let's address how Accessidocs can impact your life. Imagine that you've just been made eligible for paratransit service in your area. The letter notifying you of your eligibility is accompanied by a printed 40-page Rider's Guide, which details the service. How to request a ride, service hours, your rights and responsibilities as a rider, regulations and limitations of the service, and so on. If you have access to a scanner and optical recognition software, you might be able to capture a text file you could slog through. Another alternative is to ask a family member or friend to read the writer's guide into your digital recorder. 
The problem with relying on these formats to access printed information arises when you try to retrieve specific details. To continue the example, six weeks go by and you are about to schedule your first shopping trip with your paratransit provider. Now, wasn't there something mentioned about how many bags or packages the service would allow you to transport per trip? Back and forth you go through the recording or the scanned document, and about 20 minutes later you find within the section entitled Limitations of the Service the restriction of three bags or packages per trip. You could have avoided all that hassle and tension if your transit provider had used Accessidocs to make sure you had a fully navigable booklet. Let's rewind the scenario. You just received a letter notifying you of your paratransit eligibility. Accompanying the letter is a thumb drive that you slip into your NLS player. Immediately, the rider handbook begins playing. Just as with your audiobooks from the library, you move from heading to heading reading the contents. Hearing a detail you want to be able to quickly access later, you insert a bookmark in the recording. Six weeks later, as you try to remember how many packages you are allowed during shopping trips, you skip through your headings and bookmarks to retrieve the information in less than a minute. Navigating through a DAISY audio document offers you the same accessibility that a sighted person has when he skims through the headings of a print document and can highlight what he feels is important. Of course, the greater the complexity and length of the document, the greater the need for multi-level navigability. We in PCB believe that a true alternate audio format to the printed word is more than a simple recording of a document. Instead, full accessibility is achieved through document navigability. We're all aware of the availability of printed resources, from patient handbooks to local social service agency newsletters, from paratransit guides to local government program brochures. While some are available through the Internet, they are often not fully accessible, and others might still only be available in hard copy print. We've all had some form of the experience where, upon joining an organization, signing up for a service, or entering a medical care facility, we are handed the dreaded inaccessible printed booklet, brochure, or handbook. If a document can impact your life or that of a loved one, then it should be available to you in an accessible format. That is the mission of the Accessidocs Project. You will personally benefit when you assist the Accessidocs project to grow, when you are handed inaccessible documents, or learn of materials you wish could be made accessible. Please inform the producing entity, agency, government bureau, medical provider, etc., of the Accessidocs project. Also, consider encouraging companies that provide product guides, instruction manuals, recipe booklets, and the like to provide them in a fully accessible version. Here's the project contact information to share. Accessidocs Document Conversion Service Website pcb1.org slash accessidocs Email accessidocs at pcb1.org. Phone 877-617-7407.
Now, what about that gift? Surely you have heard about NVDA, the free screen reader software. Well, Joseph Lee, one of the developers, recently released a 13-hour series of lectures on the use of NVDA from initial installation through the most advanced uses of the screen reader. He has graciously allowed the Accessidocs project team to convert his lectures into a nine-chapter DAISY 3 book, each chapter broken down into topics and subtopics. The DAISY 3 book is now available to everyone as a free download from the Accessidocs project webpage, pcb1.org slash A-C-C-E-S-S-I-D-O-C-S. Please take advantage of this gift and please spread the word about its availability and the work of the Accessidocs project. Synopsis of Prescription Reader Campaign in Nevada by Rick Colmey In the beginning, men went to a bush or a root for their medicine. As we became civilized, we learned to go to the drugstore for prescriptions. In today's world, there are so many medications that we need to be certain which meds we take and how many of each. Unfortunately, those of us who cannot read the labels needed to depend on others or take our chances. Some of us guessed wrong and got sick. Some of us survived. Some did not. In 1996, an electronic device called the Electronic Audio Prescription Reader was invented to solve the problem. Beginning in the 2000s and lasting into the 2010s, some 50 national blindness organizations combined their resources in a huge effort to put the devices into the hands of every blind and visually impaired BVI person in America. Despite several years of effort, only a small handful of pharmaceutical companies were dispensing the readers. In their April 2015 board meeting, the leadership of the Nevada Council of the Blind decided to begin a campaign to make every drugstore and every person in Nevada know about prescription readers. Research began to determine just where the effort to make use of the electronic audio producing devices was. As board members gathered the information and studied, they discovered that the responsibility of how the labels look, what is on them, and how they are presented is the responsibility of the individual states. With this knowledge, the board decided to request legislation to mandate that pharmacies tell every customer the prescription readers are available and help people to get them. We approached Nevada State Senator Moises Dennis and asked him to sponsor a bill in the 2017 session of the Nevada Legislature. Senator Dennis happily agreed to do so, as he realized this was an answer to a problem they knew existed but did not have the solution for. Senate Bill SB 131 was introduced on February 13, 2017, and the process of making it into law began. At the first committee hearing for the bill before the Senate Committee on Health and Human Resources, three members of NCB joined with Senator Dennis to testify in favor of the bill. Others joined in requesting passage. The lobbyist for the Nevada pharmacies spoke in opposition, as the pharmacies had problems with the language as it was. Thanks to a friend who spent about three hours with the lobbyist, language acceptable to both sides was agreed upon, and SB 131 was referred to the body of the Senate with a do-pass recommendation.
Then the effort to gather support shifted from the Committee of the Senate as a whole. NCB again drafted letters of support and sent them out to many organizations and individuals, asking them to contact their senators to ask for their vote to pass the bill. The response was wonderful. Doctors, pharmacists, and their employees helped, along with all the blindness organizations, senior groups, and many individuals, caretakers, and their supporters came together to lobby for passage. SB 131 passed through the Senate with a unanimous vote and was sent over to the Assembly. The Assembly passed SB 131 unanimously on May 16, 2017. NCB members again testified before the Assembly. It took many hours of devoted effort by NCB members to get the word out at every step of the way. The result was SB 131 became law on January 1, 2018. At the ACB National Conference in early July, NCB received many accolades for its historic effort in passing this first-of-its-kind legislation in the nation. NCB requested, and the body of the convention unanimously passed, a resolution commending State Senator Dennis for his sponsoring SB 131 and working diligently to pass it through both houses of the legislature. The resolution also urged other states to do the same. Once SB 131 passed, the work began to make sure everyone in Nevada knew of the prescription readers and the pharmacies knew their responsibility to inform every customer. The first step was to approach the State Board of Pharmacy and assist with writing the regulations that would be generated to ensure proper understanding and implementation of the law. The Pharmacy Board wrote excellent regulations, passed them, and went on to not only include information about the readers in their newsletter, but incorporated training about them into Nevada's continuing education program that every pharmacist must participate in every month. A list of the pharmacies in Nevada was procured, labels made, a letter was written and mailed to all 620 drugstores in Nevada, again introducing the prescription readers from a user's point of view. One NCB member developed a number of public service announcements. Several members created a list of radio stations in Nevada by searching for the telephone numbers on the Internet. They contacted every station and asked for the email address the PSAs were to be sent to. They then sent the PSAs to all stations they had addresses for. Then came the talk show call-ins, visits to talk shows, and answering questions from those who needed the readers, those who wanted to help spread the word, and professional caretakers. We stand all amazed that a small group of dedicated people could accomplish such a task as this. We thank God for His wonderful help and acknowledge we would not have been successful without it. We are grateful for all the fantastic help that came from innumerable sources. We greatly appreciate the grant from the Albertsons Foundation that provided funds to pay the expenses. We know that to be successful, we must do something. We did it. It took almost three years of effort, but we have fulfilled our mission to work to make the lives of the blind and visually impaired Nevada residents better. We stand ready to help anyone else who wishes to do the same. We challenge every state affiliate to do it. Here and There, edited by Sharon Strakowski.
The announcement of products and services in this column does not represent an endorsement by the American Council of the Blind, its officers or staff. Listings are free of charge for the benefit of our readers. The ACB eForum cannot be held responsible for the reliability of the products and services mentioned. To submit items for this column, send a message to S-L-O-V-E-R-I-N-G at ACB dot O-R-G or phone the National Office at 1-800-424-8666 and leave a message in Sharon Lovering's mailbox. Information must be received at least two months ahead of publication date. Partnership for Vision Boston Site, Registered Trademark, and L.V. Prasad I Institute LVPEI, recently announced a global partnership to manufacture and distribute Boston Sight Sclerol contact lenses. LVPEI will manufacture and distribute Boston Sight Sclerol lenses to ophthalmologists and optometrists to prescribe to their patients in India, Southeast Asia, the Middle East, and Africa. This is the first time that Boston Sight Pros, prosthetic replacement of the ocular surface ecosystem, and sclerol lenses will be made outside of the United States. Both organizations serve and subsidize underprivileged populations who benefit from access to this unique treatment solution. New glucometer requires no blood, but... Abbott Diabetes Care recently launched a new continuous monitor blood glucose meter called the Freestyle Libra. Its claim to fame is that it requires no blood for testing. It is also completely inaccessible to blind users. Former ACB President Chris Gray has created a couple of podcasts to heighten awareness of and provide information about this meter called Let's Talk Libra. To hear the first podcast, go to tinyurl dot com slash y seven p r u u a two. For the second podcast, go to tinyurl dot com slash y b f p s p r w. Touch of Genius Prize winner. This year's Touch of Genius Prize for Innovation went to InnoVision, a company from India that created the BrailleMe refreshable Braille display, which will offer an affordable option for getting Braille into the hands of as many blind people as possible. The BrailleMe uses a magnetic actuation with only one moving part to raise and lower Braille dots. Honorable mentions include Lighthouse for the Blind San Francisco for their improved developments with TMAP, software that produces tactile maps, and American Printing House for the Blind for the Braille Blaster, a free Braille translation software to help get more Braille textbooks to children across the country. Louisville Airport Gets Wayfinding System APH recently introduced wayfinding mobile technology that uses Bluetooth and beacon technology to help blind and visually impaired travelers navigate the Louisville Airport. The system, which was created with funding support from the James Graham Brown Foundation, uses more than 140 beacons placed every 30 or so yards to give users turn-by-turn directions and describe to them what is nearby.
People can use the new technology by downloading the Nearby Explorer mobile application. Users can either get directions to a specific location or use the compass feature to identify places in a given direction. The application uses the beacon's latitude, longitude, floor number, and signal strength to figure out where the user is. Montana adds more recording capacity. The Montana Talking Books Library, MTBL, recently added a second soundproof booth to increase its recording capacity. Titles being recorded include those by Montana authors and books about Montana. To fund the new booth and other improvements, the General Federation of Women's Clubs of Montana raised money through a statewide two-year campaign. The remaining funds came from MTBL patrons, their family members, and memorial donations. Perkins collaborates with IRA. Staff, students, and visitors to Perkins School for the Blind will now have access to a new level of accessibility thanks to an exciting collaboration between the school and tech company IRA. Anyone with an IRA subscription will be able to use the service at no additional cost while on Perkins' 38-acre campus. Bresler Prize recipient is... The recipient of the 2018 Bresler Prize is Dr. Botand Roska, Director of the Institute of Molecular and Clinical Ophthalmology, Basel, Switzerland. Dr. Roska's research interests are focused on understanding the structure and function of visual circuits. His work seeks to restore photosensitivity to retinas in retinal degeneration using cell-type-specific targeting of optogenetic tools. The overall objective is to find ways to repair visual dysfunction for patients with retinitis pigmentosa and other retinal diseases. Ducking into UEB Ducking into UEB is a Braille curriculum that teaches unified English Braille. It contains assessments, exercises, activities, rules, and more. The student textbook is free with purchase of the teacher's edition. Additional free materials are also available with the purchase of the teacher's edition. To learn more, visit tinyurl dot com slash ybpxja8q. New Emojis In collaboration with the American Council of the Blind, Apple has developed a new emoji proposal to include disability-themed emoji in the global standard. This proposal was submitted to Unicode and has been moved to the public stage. Unicode is the nonprofit organization responsible for establishing uniform standards so characters can be used universally around the world, regardless of device or platform. ACB and Apple feel it is important to make emojis more inclusive by adding a selection of characters to express basic categories of disabilities. This will give users a simple and accessible means of expression across multiple assistive needs. For more information, visit tinyurl.com slash ycn5b9zl. Braille Greeting Cards Shadows in the Dark has a wide variety of cards from anniversary, birthday, new baby, graduation and wedding to Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day and Father's Day. 
You can have your own personalized message put in the cards, too. The company also has Braille invitations, announcements, business cards, and playing cards, as well as a wide variety of gift items, from candles and bath sets to inspirational items. For more information, contact Shadows in the Dark at 22627 Mathis Road, San Antonio, Texas, 78264-9581, phone 210-376-0017, email p-m-y-e-r-s at s-h-a-d-o-w-s-i-n T-H-E-D-A-R-K dot com or visit the website www.shadowsintheDark dot com. The company is also on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. New album by ACB member. Rich DeSteno has released his first album entitled Cracking the Shell. It features a blend of electric and acoustic rock. It is available at the link below as an MP3 download for $9.99 or as individual song downloads. To hear clips of the songs, visit cdbaby.com slash cd slash R-I-C-H D-E-S-T-E-N-O and choose Preview All Songs. Passings We honor here members, friends, and supporters of the American Council of the Blind who have impacted our lives in many wonderful ways. If you would like to submit a notice for this column, please include as much of the following information as possible. Name First, last, maiden, if appropriate. City of Residence, upon passing. State or Province of Residence, upon passing. Other cities, states, countries of residence. Places where other blind people may have known this person. Occupation. Date of death. Day, if known. Month, year. Age. ACB affiliation. Local, state, special interest affiliates or national committees. Deaths that occurred more than six months ago cannot be reported in this column. Lauren Casey Lauren Casey, 64, of Lawrenceville, passed away April 7, 2018, at Penn Medicine Princeton Medical Center, Plainsboro, New Jersey. Lauren was born in New Brunswick, New Jersey, and was a resident of Lawrenceville for 18 years. Lauren earned her master's degree from the College of New Jersey, She is a retiree of the state of New Jersey, having been employed as a social worker for many years. Lauren was an avid reader and volunteered at the New Jersey Council of the Blind. She was a loving and devoted daughter, sister, aunt, great-aunt, and friend who will be dearly missed. Daughter of the late John L. Casey and wife of the late Robert Rint, she is survived by her mother, Elsie Casey two sisters and one brother-in-law, Jackie and Dave Amos and Patricia Coyle, two nieces, Amanda Childress and Rebecca Collins, two nephews, Edward S. Coyle and Brian Coyle, seven great-nieces and great-nephews, and many friends. A memorial service for Lauren will be held at Paulson and Van High's funeral directors. At press time, the service date was not available. 
please visit www.poulsonvanhise.com for service information. In lieu of flowers, memorial donations may be made in Lauren's memory to the New Jersey Council of the Blind, 32 Judson Street, Unit 7B, Edison, New Jersey, 08837, or The Seeing Eye, Incorporated, Post Office Box 375, Morristown, New Jersey, 07960. Carolyn S. Kobe, February 9, 1949 to April 9, 2018. Carolyn Shaw Kobe, age 69, of Columbus, passed away April 9, 2018. She is preceded in death by parents, Delbert and Helen Noltimier Shaw, and half-brother George Shaw. She is survived by husband, James Kobe, daughters, Helena, Ricky Wilson, and Nicole Kobe, half-sister Joy Colville, sister-in-law Marlis Shaw, and several nieces and nephews. Carolyn was a graduate of Bay Village High School and The Ohio State University. She worked as a programmer for Control Data Corporation and other companies within the IT industry. Carolyn had a very giving spirit, which she freely shared, volunteering for local schools, Appalachia Service Project, American Council of the Blind, and Community Care at Forest Hills UMC. A memorial service was held April 21. In lieu of flowers, the family would prefer all memorials be directed to Guide Dogs for the Blind. www.guidedogs.com Appalachia Service Project www.aspome.org American Council of the Blind www.acb.org or an organization of the donor's choice. ACB Officers President Kim Charlson, 3rd Term, 2019 5-7 Grandview Avenue, Watertown, Massachusetts, 02472 First Vice President Dan Spoon, 1st Term, 2019 3924 Lake Mirage Boulevard, Orlando, Florida, 32817-1554. Second Vice President, John McCann, Second Term, 2019, 8761 East Placita Boulevard, Tucson, Arizona, 85715-5650. Secretary, Ray Campbell. Third term, 2019. 460 Rain Tree Court, number 3K, Glen Ellen, Illinois, 60137. Treasurer, David Trot, first term, 2019. 1018 East Street, South, Talladega, Alabama, 35160. Immediate past president, Mitch Pomerantz, 1115 Cordova Street, number 402, Pasadena, California, 91106. ACB Board of Directors, Jeff Bishop, Kirkland, Washington, first term, 2020. Denise Colley, Lacey, Washington, first term, 2020. 
Sarah Conrad, Madison, Wisconsin, Final Term, 2020. Dan Dillon, Hermitage, Tennessee, First Term, 2020. Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio, First Term, 2018. George Holliday, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Final Term, 2018. Alan Peterson, Horace, North Dakota, Final Term, 2018. Doug Powell, Falls Church, Virginia, Partial Term, 2020. Patrick Sheehan, Silver Spring, Maryland, First Term, 2018. Jeff Tom, Sacramento, California, Partial Term, 2018. Ex Officio, Debbie Lewis, Seattle, Washington. ACB Board of Publications. Ron Brooks, Chairman, Phoenix, Arizona, Second Term, 2019. Donna Brown, Romney, West Virginia, First Term, 2019. Paul Edwards, Miami, Florida, First Term, 2018. Susan Glass, Saratoga, California, Second Term, 2019. Debbie Lewis, Seattle, Washington, First Term, 2018. Ex Officios, Katie Frederick, Worthington, Ohio. Bob Hache, Waltham, Massachusetts. Burl Cauley, Lacey, Washington. Carla Rushevel, Louisville, Kentucky. Accessing your ACB Braille and eForums. The ACB eForum may be accessed by email on the ACB website via download from the webpage in Word, plain text, or Braille-ready file, or by phone at 605-475-8154. To subscribe to the email version, visit the ACB email lists page at www.acb.org. The ACB Braille Forum is available by mail in Braille, large print, NLS-style digital cartridge, and via email. It is also available to read or download from ACB's webpage and by phone 605-475-8130. Subscribe to the podcast versions from your second-generation Victor Reader stream or from www.acb.org/bf/.